I am so excited about this. I want to welcome you to the Purpose Project Podcast. During our time together, I will teach you how to pray, how to intentionally develop intimacy with your Creator, and challenge you to discover and embrace your God-ordained purposes. I am your host, Margie Florent. My prayer for you today is that you will be empowered and strengthened in the Word of God to move forward into your destiny. Well, we've been teaching on this, the subject of the art of intercession, and we're going to continue our teaching, and we're going to go right into the book of Job. Job chapter 9, verse 32. Here we see Job, and he himself saw his need for an intercessor. Let's go ahead and begin reading at verse 32. Job is saying here, For he, God, is who he was speaking of, is not a man as I am that I should answer him and that we should go to court together. Nor is there any mediator between us who may lay his hand upon us both. Now, this is a perfect visual for you and I as intercessors. Here we see Job. He's saying, for God is not a man like I am that we should come together in court. And I, I love how he uses the word court because we said, what is an intercessor? An intercessor is as a lawyer. And as a lawyer, as an intercessor, we go to God on the behalf of someone else in the courts of heaven. And we plead their case, so to speak. So Job is saying, for he is not a man as I am that I should answer him and that we should go to court together. And then he goes on to say, nor is there any mediator between us. Remember, we said that an intercessor is a mediator. And then he goes on to say, who may lay his hand upon us both. That is the perfect visualization for you and I as intercessors to use when we're standing in the gap and putting up the hedge on the behalf of a person, a city, a nation, whatever the case may be. It's a perfect visualization. What you're doing in the spirit is you're the mediator, you're the lawyer, you're the go-between, and you're laying one hand on that person or that circumstance or that situation that you're praying for, and you're laying one hand on God. And Job saw his need for an intercessor. He saw that he needed somebody to lay a hold of God and lay hands on him so that there would be something that would change. Now that is a perfect visualization. Let's go to Job 22. It says here in verse 26, For then you will have your delight in the Almighty and lift up your face to God. You will make your prayer to him, and he will hear you, and you will pay your vows. You shall also declare a thing, and it will be established for you, and so will the light shine on your ways. When they are cast down, you will say, exaltation will come. King James says, there is a lifting up. Then he will save the humble person. He will even deliver the one for whom you intercede who is not, no, it says, he will even deliver one who is not innocent. Yes, he will be delivered by the pureness of your hands. Now, I'm going to read, I'm going to read the Amplified to you. 
It says here, Then you will have your delight in the Almighty, and you will lift up your face to God. You will make your prayer to Him, and He will hear you, and you will pay your vows. You shall also decide and decree a thing, and it shall be established for you. And the light of God's favor will shine upon your ways. When they make you low, you will say, there is a lifting up and the humble person he lifts up and saves. Verse 30, he will even deliver the one for whom you intercede, who is not innocent. Yes, comma, he will be delivered by the pureness of your hands. This is powerful. An intercessor is one who stands in the gap on the behalf of another person. An intercessor who knows who he, is, who he is in Christ. An intercessor who knows that he's the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We lay one hand on God and one hand on that person. And as we intercede, he will be delivered by the pureness of our hands. God hears us when we pray. We go boldly to the throne of grace on the behalf of, of an individual. And as we pray for them, God hears our prayers and he delivers them. As we pray for our nations, God hears our prayers and he heals our lands. It may look like some of our nations are getting worse, but I'm telling you there's a remnant of people that are rising up and are seeking the face of God and interceding on the behalf of their nation. And God said, you know, he said, when the righteous pray, I hear them. And I believe because of our prayers having a powerful effect, God is going to heal our land. He will deliver the one for whom you intercede who is not innocent. Yes, he will be delivered by the pureness of your hands. It's a perfect visual in intercession. And, and for me personally, sometimes I use that as a motivator. So I just imagine myself laying one hand on that person or that nation, or that city, whatever you're praying for, and one hand on God. And let me tell you, and if it's a loved one, there is no letting go. I got them by the hair of the head. <laughs> you know, I'm holding on. Greater love is no man than this, that a man would lay down his life for his friend. One of the greatest, most powerful people of prayer is a mother for her children. Because not only do we have the love of God, we've got the mother love. And I'll tell you, that mother love... You can't get any stronger than that. And the father love as well. Did you just lay one hand on that person, one hand on God, and you are not letting go till you see results on the behalf of that person. That's how powerful your prayers are in the spirit. You have a hold of that person, I'm telling you, the devil can't have them. And the devil is a liar because he can't have them. Why? Because they belong to you. Okay? So isn't that a great, a great visual? Um, the Bible says in Jude 1, 21 through 23, it says this, And of some have compassion, and others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garments spotted by the flesh. I had a, uh, I don't know what it was, it was an internal vision one time when I was praying. We were getting ready to have a service in uh, some, a church in somewhere in South Jersey and my team and I we were praying and we were interceding for that service and as I was praying I saw something on the inside you know you can have God show you things in prayer 
at, at times even in visions. And I saw something on the inside and I saw, you know, the Bible says multitudes and multitudes are in the valley of decision. You ever hear of that scripture? And I saw multitudes and multitudes of people leaving the earth and I saw them descending into what the Bible calls the lower parts of the earth. And as we were praying and as we were interceding, I saw, I just saw, I just saw people just, their descent was slowed down. And some of them just came right up and went back the other way. And as we were praying, it was the kind of prayer that we've been talking about when we talk about the art of intercession. As, as, as I was praying, I was weeping for them. I had groanings in the spirit. I, was, I did not speak anything in English. What do you say in English when you see multitudes and multitudes of people descending into the flames of hell? There are no words. But, but you know what there is? There's love. There's compassion. And it's the love of God that constrains us to cry out to God on their behalf. Nobody, you wouldn't want your worst enemy to go to hell. As a matter of fact, Kenneth E. Hagin went to hell, I believe, three times before he got born again. And he, on the, on the way out of hell the third time, he got born again. Mid, 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 before he got into his body, he was already speaking out of his mouth, Jesus, and be, he was born again. But the Jesus told him one time, he said, I want you to warn people about this place. There is a hell. It is a real place. The Bible calls it in Revelations the lake of fire. But our intercessions and the love of God that's been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit, our intercessions and us laying one hand on God and one hand on, on those people, we could put not out of hell literally once they're there. I'm talking about while they're here on this earth. We can pull people up out of the pits and out of the fires of hell, hating even the garments spotted by the flesh. We can pull them up and pull them out. Amen. Amen. Let's go on. Jeremiah 9.1. Oh, that my head were like waters. Oh, that my, my eyes were like water. Oh, that my head were like waters and my eyes a fountain of tears that I would weep for the slain daughter of my people. I believe we need to have more compassion for the lost. I believe that's why vision is so important in prayer. If we truly saw, again, what hell looked like, I believe it would completely change our prayer life. Completely change our prayer life. That we would be crying out for the lost. We would be standing in the gap. We wouldn't, we wouldn't have so many selfish prayers, so to speak. Now, let's go over and let's see what happened to Job. You know the whole story of Job. He had a bunch of persecutors and people that were against him. And let's see what happened to him in his life. And this is a good point to, to those of you that are saying, well, what's in it for me if I pray for someone else? What's in it for me? What do I get out of being an intercessor? Well, here's a good one. Are you ready? Job 42.10. And the Lord restored Job's losses when he prayed for himself. Does it say that? And the Lord restored Job's losses when he prayed for his friends. Think about that. When did this happen? 
when Job prayed for his friends. Indeed, the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. When you pray a selfless, a selfless prayer, like the prayer of intercession, God will meet all your needs. God will take care of you. Because when you're praying this kind of prayer spoken of in the word of God, you're operating in the greatest act of love that there is. Remember we said greater love has no man than this, that a man would lay down his life for his friends. When you're operating and you're interceding on the behalf of someone else, you're laying down your life. It is the greatest act of love. And that's the only commandment that we're to walk in under the New Testament. Now in the Old Testament, they had all these commandments. They, you call them the Ten Commandments. And under the New Covenant, we have one commandment. And under the Old Testament, the Bible says, if you obey all these commandments, then all these blessings will come upon you and overtake. You could read them right in Deuteronomy 28. And just mark my words, when you begin to walk as an intercessor, and you begin to lay down your life in prayer on the behalf of others, all those blessings will just come upon you and overtake you. And I'm telling you, and that's when it really gets fun. Because you see the rewards. Okay? Okay, let's go on. How do we pray the prayer of intercession? That's a good question. I'm glad, I'm glad you asked it. <laughs> How do we pray the prayer of intercession? We've talked about what an intercessor is, what it looks like to be an intercessor. We've talked about a few rewards in intercession. We've talked about having love as we pray, vision when we pray. We've talked about many things. But how do we pray the prayer of intercession? Let's go to 1 Corinthians 14, verse 15. This is how we pray the prayer of intercession. What is the conclusion then? I will pray with the Spirit. And I will also pray with the understanding. On the first level of intercession, first of all, we understand that we have the will to pray. There's times in intercession where you just go into prayer and you just don't feel like praying. Those are the times Isaiah 64, 7 says you've got to stir yourself up and take a hold of God. But then there's times when in intercession... You may have a dream about somebody, or you may have a sense about somebody, or you may have what I call that person on your heart, or you may have on the inside of you, you may have a love for that person, or you just may be randomly thinking about that person. That's when you're not necessarily initiating that prayer assignment, if I can call it that. The Holy Spirit is urging you and prompting you to pray for that person. And that's how it'll manifest. It'll come to you as an urging, as in a dream, or you have them on your heart, or you just can't stop thinking about them. That's the Holy Spirit prompting you, saying to you as an intercessor, because you've made a decision, I'm going to be an intercessor. God is prompting you and he's saying, I need somebody to stand in the gap and lay one hand on that person and one hand on me and I need someone to pray. They're going through something. 
Now, I love it when that happens. What I call that is, I call that a prayer assignment where God sees you and he knows you're going to pray and he assigns that person. Now, sometimes that person, what that person may need is a phone call from you. But before that phone call, I would strongly encourage you to pray for them and ask God for wisdom. And what do they need, Lord? And pray for them. And give me the right words to say to them. But there's times in intercession where you will to pray and times in intercession where the Holy Spirit gives you a burden. Or you may just keep seeing that person's face before you and you, you, can't, you can't figure it out. You can't figure it out because it's of the Spirit. And I think so many times God is trying to enlighten us and he's trying to get us to pray about something and, and we just disregard, oh, we think, well, that's just me. But isn't the Holy Spirit in us? Isn't he here with us and he's here to lead us and to guide us into all truth? It's the Holy Spirit prompting. And the more we yield to him and the more we respond to him and the more we acknowledge him in his presence and his guidance, the more prayer assignments he will give us. The Bible says in John 16, 13, however, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. I believe he will guide us in our prayer times. We think about the Holy Spirit guiding us into all truth. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But what about in our prayer life? The Bible says he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. I guarantee you, tell you things to come, even in regards to your, your kids. I have to tell you, one time I had a dream, recently actually, and I'm not going to go into all the detail, but I dreamed about my one daughter, and I dreamed that she was in danger is all I'm going to say. And she was in danger, and there was a, a person that was coming across her path that had wrong motives, and it was not good. And the feeling in my dream was she's not safe, danger. It's just a feeling in the spirit of yuck. It's the only way I can describe it. So if you have a yuck on the inside or you feel like something's not right, I wouldn't just discount it. Yes. See, I would take heed to that because that's the Holy Spirit. The Bible says they that are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. He'll show you things to come. He will guide you into all truth. He, 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 he prompts, and it may just be an inner witness, because the primary way the Holy Spirit leads and guides us is by an inward witness. And then that's the inner witness of the Holy Spirit. It's not a peace to do something or a red light not to do something. In intercession, it may feel like a burden or a weight or a heaviness. That's the Holy Ghost. So in this dream, I just knew she wasn't safe. I knew something wasn't right. And I woke up out of that dream. And I'll tell you, when it comes to your kids, like I said, you know, like they say in Italian, forget about it. <laughs> and I called my friend, my one friend, who's my prayer partner. And, and mostly what we pray for is our kids. And I just called her and I said, Susan, let's meet today and pray for the kids. Are you available? And we met, and I didn't tell her the dream that I had about my one daughter. And I just said, I'm just going to pray for my one child, this one child. 
And we just prayed. She prayed for her kids, and I prayed for my one daughter. And I, I bound the devil in the name of Jesus. I commanded him to keep his hands off of my child. I prayed Psalms 91 over my daughter. And then I just kept, and I just prayed in the Holy Ghost. Because I don't know exactly the circumstances of what was going on at the time. And I didn't know how this was all going to transpire or what the devil's schemes were and what his assignment was against my daughter but I knew it was something and I love praying in the Holy Ghost because when you don't know what to pray the Holy Ghost prays the absolute perfect will of God and you're hitting the target right on and you're not missing God you've got that thing so focused there is no way you're going to be praying out of the will of God when you're praying in the Holy Ghost you're praying exactly what needs to be prayed so as I prayed over her I just kept looking on the inside I just kept looking on the inside, say, looking on the inside. Just kept looking on the inside to see, did I, did I get a release yet? Did I get the victory yet? Is, it, is she in the clear? Is everything all right? And as I prayed and prayed and prayed, I, I suddenly felt like a peace in my heart. And so throughout the day, I just thanked God, and I, I praised him, and I just thanked him for his protection. I knew that she was fine, she was going to be safe. And later on, I found out about two days later, long story short, that there was someone in the grocery store that was trying to convince her to get in the car with him and long story short, she just didn't do it, obviously. What is your point? The point is the Holy Spirit gave me that alert. And he'll give you prayer alerts. That's actually a good title for this, prayer alerts. He'll give you prayer alerts. And he will show you things before they ever even happen. I've had times in prayer where God would give me something, and, and they, they, didn't, they, they, they not only didn't happen, I believe by the prayer of intercession, they were prevented from happening. Because as an intercessor, and we're going to teach more on this, you're a watchman. And oftentimes you will see trouble coming from afar. And because of your place in the spirit in prayer, you can stop it from happening before it ever gains entrance into the walls, over, past the walls where you're, where, wherever you're guarding, whether it be your family or your city or your nation. So I, I remember, you remember the time when we had, um, when Ronald Reagan was, there was a curse on his, his particular presidency? that every president, there was so many years, and there was some kind of curse that was on that particular year of his presidency, and we found out about it, and everywhere I went for a year, every time I went to speak, speak somewhere, I would have the congregation pray. We need to pray for President Ronald Reagan, and we would pray for him. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray for our president. We pray the prayer of protection. We prayed that no weapon formed against him will prosper. We broke the power of that curse. In the name of Jesus, we all joined hands and we prayed and we interceded. And I didn't just pray that once. Remember, it's persistence, importunity, going before the throne, keeping that prayer assignment, holding on to that prayer assignment, not letting go, because that particular thing needs to be held on to. And sure enough, you know what happened to Ronald Reagan. There was an attempted attempt on his life. Someone tried to shoot him and kill him. And, you know, all of us who, who had been praying that whole year, we knew. Our prayers aborted that assassination. Well, Margie, he got shot anyway, but he didn't get killed. 
Are you listening? So many times we look at the negative. Well, he didn't get killed. It could have been, well, that accident did happen. I pray that that accident wouldn't happen. But did the person get killed? It could have been a lot worse. Things could be a lot worse in our nation right now if we weren't praying. People say, well, this nation's going under and things are just getting worse and worse. I think it would be a lot worse if we weren't praying. Yeah. A lot worse. So we can't be moved by any of that. We have to just keep doing what we're called to do. Now, the Twin Towers, for me personally, this is what happened to me. I was, you know, an intercessor, a taught intercession, always liked to pray the prayer of intercession. But when I had three kids in one year, in 1992, I was really tired. And I didn't pray. I wasn't yielding to the, not, I mean, I prayed, but I'm talking about closet praying, being an intercessor and a watchman on the walls. And I just was tired, wasn't yielding to the Holy Ghost. And let me tell you straight up, when the Twin Towers came down, I was completely ignorant of Satan's devices. I had no feeling, no unction, no warning, no red light, no something's going to happen to your nation. I got nothing. Well, why didn't you get anything? Because I was not in a position of prayer and continual prayer to be a watchman at that moment and that time. See, the more you yield yourself to the Spirit of God and the more you avail yourself as an intercessor, the more he will show you things to come. The more he will enlighten you and guide you and use you in intercession. But if we're distracted by the cares of the world and by everything that's going on and our mind is not on God things, so to speak, we're doing godly works by being parents. But if we're not on the God assignments, then we, we won't hear and see and know. So I was completely ignorant when the Twin Towers came. That was a complete shock to me. But you know what? We can make a decision. Lord, sharpen us. Lord, make us sharper. Lord, sharpen our sickles, not just to win the loss, but to be men and women of prayer. Sharpen us, God. Why don't we just pray that right now? If you're listening to this, I just want you to pray this prayer. Sharpen me, Lord. Cause me to see and cause me to know the wiles of the enemy and cause me to see and know that which is on your heart that I may be that intercessor that you have called me to be in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to the Purpose Project podcast. For more content, video, and teachings like this, visit margieflorent.org.